You and I both know that crypto is rapidly becoming the future of finance. You will also probably be aware that investing in crypto can seem a little daunting or even just outright confusing. The real question is, is how do you break down those barriers so that you can confidently invest in crypto in a way which is both profitable and sustainable in the long run? Join me on my journey to helping new crypto investors go from prospects to pros in crypto investment. Whether it's a Bitcoin or Bored Ape, I've got the insider tips and tricks so that you can take those steps towards the financial future that you've always dreamt of. My name's Christopher Hitchin. Welcome to the Easy Crypto Podcast. Right, so this week on the Easy Crypto Podcast, we have Chandler Walker, who entered the crypto universe by buying Arefium at just $15. So I'm going to hand the reins to him to tell us a little bit more about how he got into crypto and what he's doing now. How are you doing, Chandler? Doing well. Thanks for having me today. I'm super excited to talk about how I bought Ethereum and essentially turned $250 into 50K as my very first crypto purchase. That's really exciting. That is. Yeah. And, and when I think about the way it all started, when I was a kid, I grew up with a, a mom who hustled for, for her whole life trying to make things work. She had bipolar disorder. So it was sometimes challenging learning to communicate, but it also taught me how to keep a level head and how to not get overly emotional, which helped, which has helped me tremendously in the, in the crypto and the DeFi market. And I had a dad who was an entrepreneur. So I kind of got the taste and the flavor and the flair of entrepreneurship and the risks and all that. And I, I went on a med school pathway and got a little bit disenfranchised by the system yeah, here in the US. I felt like what I was really doing was providing medication. And what I really wanted to do was help people. And so that led me to breaking off and ultimately opening up a brick and mortar wellness business. And from that business, I was able to obviously produce profits. And so this is when my crypto journey started. It was super early. Uh, Ethereum at the time was $15 a coin. And I was like, oh, you, we should, we should look into this. We should buy this. I think it's going to be the next big thing. And I asked my business partner, Hey, should we put some profits into this? And she looked at me and said, I don't know. What is it? Is it a scam? She had no idea. So then she said, well, if you think it looks good, then do it. And so, so of course, so if, what, if, go what ahead. Year, what year was that Chandler? I think this was 2016 when I finally made the jump into Ethereum just before the 2017 bull market went nuts. Wow. And so we, uh, we made that decision to, to jump in. Our first, very first purchase was $250 of Ethereum at $15 a coin. Uh, looking at today's standards, that was an incredible investment. And then I looked down the road because back then there wasn't that many things. I think you could buy Ethereum, Litecoin, XRP, and that may have been the only options on like Coinbase. So then we, I saw Litecoin and I was like, oh, let's jump on this one too. So I bought that coin as well. Uh, and so those two investments by themselves, my first investment in Ethereum turned into $50,000 and it's, it's growing obviously as the market goes up and down. My investment in Litecoin went from 15 to about, I think it's at like hundred and at its peak, it was around $400. And then as time went on, I started looking at more projects and I started to develop this idea of find the problem and find what fixes the problem. So then I said, okay, well, Polygon Matic is looking pretty neat because it fixes congestion and gas issues in Ethereum. So I bought that at 10 cents and then that launched up to three or $4. And so I started to develop this habit of picking winners based on problems. That's really good is that. So, so when did you get into Polygon then? Yeah, I got into Polygon when it was just under 20 cents a coin. 
And it was just this thing sitting there on, I think, crypto.com. Nobody cared about it yet. Uh, nobody was talking about it. It wasn't this big thing. It was just sitting there, 10 or 20 cents a coin. And so I, I jumped into it. I just started DCA in, in, into it once a week. And ultimately that 20 cent coin turned into something that went all the way up to three or $4. And it's still sitting at $1.50. So that was another massive increase. Uh, the next one I looked at was, I was like, okay, well, gaming is going to get popular. And this was before crypto gaming was like this mainstream thing that everybody wants to get into. And so I said, okay, well, what product has a working game? All of this stuff out here is hype, but what's real? And the only one that was real at the time was Decentraland. And so I jumped into Decentraland Mana when it was 30, 40 cents a coin. And that pumped all the way up to $5 a coin. Uh, so I started to really understand that there's a pattern in being able to pick things that move really fast. That's, that's really interesting, Zach, because... Um, you, you, you just touched on something that's, that's really, really important um, in that um, you mentioned about making sure that they have, that they're actually working and that they're, they're, they're real. Um, because what you tend to find is, is quite a lot of these crypto coins, there are potentially Ponzi, Ponzi schemes. When we're, at, when we're looking for a particular coin or when we're looking at, we always, the first question we ask is, does the coin have a utility? And does it have a does it have an an ecosystem a finance system that it can actually generate its own income, and uh, obviously decentraland does, and obviously that's a that's a, a really successful coin, and I, I see even now at the price of where it is now, I still think it's got an amazing future. Yeah, exactly. It looks like it's got legs. Every time Facebook talks about the metaverse, that coin pumps, and so. In my opinion, it's it has an actual working product, which 95% of games don't. And so that one's going to be the one that is the industry leader and sort of the standard to follow because I can get on there and play it. Like I'll get on with my three-year-old daughter and we'll play Decentraland, which is really neat because I can actually be a user of the product that has intense scalability because it's already available. And it's not just a Ponzi that claims to have something launching soon. Yeah, this is, this is really interesting because there's so many different ways to get involved in in Decentraland, because obviously you can buy potentially land or you can actually develop, um, you know, uh, units that then get put onto Decentraland. I was in Decentraland the other day, actually, and I, I walked past a, a tattoo studio and it was quite interesting in that they'd showcase the tattoos that they did themselves, but then, and they had a DJ um, playing, so it was really good music at the same time. But then what they've done is extended it out and said, if you want a tattoo for your avatar, i.e. for your virtual avatar, then you can buy um, an add-on. So it, for bricks and mortars businesses, getting into the metaverse is, is, is definitely the future. And if you look at the application of it, rather than you just say, for instance, seeing two, three, two, 300 customers a week, you can literally have thousands of customers. It's exponential is the potential of the exactly uh, of the metaverse. You go from this local environment to this global thing that that scales infinitely well and also is incredibly profitable because you don't have the standard brick and mortar operating expenses. So you, you I mean, you obviously get crypto, and one of the first questions I ask everyone that comes onto it, because I, I my background's investment banking, and uh, obviously I meet a lot of people, and, and we have a software business. Uh, I meet a lot of people that do not get crypto. Um, so I always ask um, people that do get it, like me and you, wh what would you say to someone that doesn't get crypto? 
Yeah, I'd probably tell somebody crypto is a, a concept designed around blockchain and, and blockchain is essentially a public ledger that shows all transactions that everybody can see and that is available essentially infinitely. There's no way to take it down. And so what it does is it takes the idea of centralized finance and removes it into this decentralized environment. So now there's nobody who owns and necessarily controls it, which you could argue that people with money can control Bitcoin and coins with just owning more of them. But at least it puts us in this environment where you can check wallets, you can see what people are doing, you can see why they're doing, you can see how much money they're holding, you can see how much money they're, they're moving around, and ultimately creates this public environment to where we're not dependent on a bank to be the intermediary. You are the inter intermediary, which is good and bad because you're the one who can move your money. There's no tricks or anything. There's no policies. You're also the one who can lose everything because there's no security guarantees around it. It's an interesting one, is that? I mean, we we've you know we've we've got to um, cover the aspect of security because I think one of the things is is basically um, a lot of people that are just getting into crypto, they're the ones that are the most vulnerable to scams, um, and I think it's a case of the more and more people like us educate people uh, that are just getting into crypto, it really helps. I mean, basically, obviously, there's the phishing scams. I mean, obviously, uh, we've just had the other day um, uh, where basically uh, the Meta MetaMask has said uh, to all Apple users that they should be, um, if they are backing up to the iCloud, that means they're backing up their, their private keys to the iCloud. And if anyone gets their Apple password, i.e. if their Apple password is too easy to, uh, easy, easy to guess. Then they can get access to all the funds on on the on the MetaMask. So obviously, to all the listeners that have Apple iPhones, I'm saying here, make sure your Apple password is not easily guessed, because obviously that's one particular way into um, a MetaMask. If you do have it on, uh, you know, you know, you know, if you have MetaMask on your iPhone. So digressing here, but it is a top security tip so you're into DeFi. now those two words are very very special and i think potential is a massive potential in DeFi. in fact i think there's probably the biggest potential in DeFi of crypto uh because i i think it, it the issue is is the banks for many many years have um have kept all the profits and not shared it I really, really like the DeFi model where basically if you're involved in it and you, you buy a coin, then you, you get a share of the profits and it's a significant share. So talk to me about your experience in DeFi. Yeah, DeFi, in my opinion, is the it's the it's it's simple it's simple enough once you understand it, and it's the opportunity to essentially move away from, for example, a savings account where you earn 0.001 percent interest if you're lucky, and the, then the banks lend your money out and they make all the money, like you just said, and moves you into an environment where it's peer to peer. So I take my money and I put it into a protocol. Someone else puts their money into a protocol. It becomes a lending pool. It becomes a pool for people to use to swap coins in and out, and I get trading fees and and associated fees based off that. So then everybody earns off of a collective environment of working together. It's kind of like game theory. We're all going to work together to pool our resources to earn more resources as the environment grows. And what I think is really cool about DeFi 
And the strategy I use is called, I call looping leverage. And what we want to do is we want to take, what I want to do is take the money I earn from my business, the money I earn from coins and crypto projects and move that into DeFi. Because then what happens is if I do my due diligence and if I get into good projects and if I get into good protocols, I'm going to earn interest that's unfathomable. And I think we need a caveat here as well, though, because a lot of people chase the interest, the APRs, APYs, because they think one, two, three, four, seven, ten thousand percent is is going to be good. But sometimes what happens is people get wrecked. So you have to do your due diligence with APRs. But in my opinion, if I can earn somewhere between thirty and one hundred percent APR off of my investments that I have in there, I've got a pretty good system to be able to build and grow a base of capital to where I'm no longer playing with my own money now. I've grown enough to where it sits there and then I can play with house money. So then I can take house money and be more aggressive with my strategies. It's interesting you said you say that because um, a, a potential client came um, to us the other day and said, we've been looking around at you know, potential uh, other investments in crypto because obviously we do the mining machines and we automatically trade into into different um coins like for instance solana so our returns are, are you know between probably 20 to 100 percent similar scenario but what our returns are is a, a, you know like a thousand to, to, to four thousand and they're like we found this protocol that does ten thousand percent apr and i'm like it doesn't exist because what actually happens is, is the the coin is inflationary. So that because of the emissions, they're printing the coins. And effectively what happens is these coin values go down. So it's a little bit like an opposite of a hockey stick. So the start off, say, for instance, at $10, and then the coin is down at, uh, at $1 before you know it. So it, it's something that people need to watch out for. If you get the right DeFi coin, um, and a good example is Beats. Uh, we're in Beats. Uh, it's on the Phantom Network. We're, we're pretty keen on Beats because it's got a really good um, uh, tokenology, so to speak, as in how it earns the fees, i.e. from the trading fees, because it's a DEX, i.e. decentralized exchange. And you can earn uh, off uh, FBeats, which is their own token, probably about anything between 40 to 80% but it's genuine and the performance of their token uh, has been, has been reasonable. So it's not a case of, obviously we have seen some fluctuation with, you know, with crypto moving with, you know, with the, the, you know, the, the peak of November and then the, the, the pullback, so to speak. Um, but overall, if you take it over a year, it's done, it's done quite well. What, uh, what particular DeFi protocols have you gone into then? Yeah, that's a good question. And when I look at protocols, what I want to look at, number one, is I want to create a risk mitigation strategy to where I can remove my initial investment from the volatility of the market and earn to invest in more aggressive strategies. So typically what I'll look for are opportunities and early opportunities in stable coins. And so the, the ones I'm in, I'm heavily invested in Phantom, but I have quite a bit in, in Beethoven, quite a bit in Spooky Swap. Uh, quite a bit in Liquid Driver. Uh, I'm in a bunch of protocols in AVAX like Pangolin. 
And most of those, my initial investment that I use is going to be in non-volatile pairs. And usually my non-volatile pairs are what I call either a second, a primary plus a secondary non-volatile asset, or AKA like a stable coin. And so what that means is a primary is like US dollar coin. It's pretty standard. Everybody uses it. And a secondary is like magic internet money, MIM, a real, real coin. And so it's not as secure as US dollar coin, but you're also going to get better return by pairing a primary with secondary. And so then what I do with that is I earn somewhere between 30 to 100% APR on those non-volatile pairs and those non-volatile assets. And I'll take what I earned off of that and put it into something more volatile. For example, something like Deuce or something like uh, maybe I'll buy a bunch of beats and, and put that in a pair or something that's a little bit more volatile that moves with the market. So that way what I'm doing is I'm earning and then I'm creating more off of what I've earned. So I'm essentially looping my profits. That's interesting, Isaac, because you, you've covered quite a few really good protocols. Liquid Driver uh, springs to mind. That's a, that's a really good one. I like how they, they you know, they've got the a concept of locking in your money, which effectively um, kind of stabilizes the price a little bit better. Uh, because obviously everyone's not racing to 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 sell uh, their coins. Have you come across Curve then? Yeah, definitely. Curve has been Curve's fun because it's like it's the Curve Wars. We want to collect Curve and we want to use Convex to build upon our liquidity pools. There was a, a new protocol called Yeti Finance that just launched on AVAX, and it's like fifty or sixty percent off of the YUS dollar Curve pool put into Yeti. And what's interesting about that that I like as well is is solid solid solidly launched on Phantom, which is kind of in a transitionary period, but it's bringing about like an early stage curb wars to Phantom, which I think is going to be really neat to watch it play out. Yeah, it was interesting to see what happened with um, with solidly. Um, obviously, with Andrew, is it Cronegi? If I think if I pronounce his name correctly. Uh, I think it was seven hundred fifty million TVL within two weeks of them launching. Yeah, exactly. And I think the problem with um, with Andre was he has a habit of entering and exiting pro projects. Just He's kind of like a, a lone ghost, I guess. He, he doesn't stick around for things. And then when Solidly launched, he just disappeared within two weeks. He launched an imperfect product with issues and vanished because of whatever. But I think it's good that he's gone. I think it's better without him being in the environment because we don't need DeFi to have these heroes or these, I guess we call him an anti-hero at this point. I don't think DeFi needs that. DeFi is supposed to be decentralized. And so we shouldn't depend on one human being for anything or one human being who can maybe break the market. Have you come across Tomb? Yeah, I like Tomb. I think the interesting thing about Tomb Finance, and this is specifically just for Tomb. There's a lot of Tomb forks that I think are just disasters. This is just, that, that's what I was going to say. Yeah. And I, so I don't do, I, I like tomb, but I don't like anything outside of tomb. And what's interesting about tomb though, that might make sense is essentially sometime next year, phantom is going to have all of its phantom essentially in the market. And there's going to be no more available, which is going to, going to create a problem for the scalability of the network. So what tomb does is tomb pairs itself with phantom. So tomb moves with phantom. It's got a loose peg to it. And then what happens is Tomb can become a secondary use case for Phantom when there's no more Phantom available to be able to use. So I think Tomb, if it can survive, has a very probable and very and a really good use case for the future. It's interesting. I think like you, I think the copycats don't bring any um, benefit. In fact, it, it, if anything, it's detracted from the Tomb situation. Obviously, we got free. 
and we've got two, the two with the number two. And then I think there's 84 different forks. Um, and unfortunately, Harry was forced to, to bring some of them under his wing. Um, we are invested in two, but we haven't touched the others. Um, and obviously it has affected the price, um, you know, with, with, with the others. I think long-term they will do well and long-term they've got the right backers. Um, but it is, it's interesting how um, we're in quite a few, few, few of the same. Uh, and I think, I think with Tomb, it is, it's definitely a long-termer. But uh, it's interesting when you're in early, just how quickly they grow and, and what sort of volatility they have. And obviously for the listeners, obviously volatility is it going up and down. But what's interesting is, is now as we see crypto um, evolve and become um, more of an asset class in itself, we are seeing that volatility um, flatten uh, somewhat in comparison to what, what we had in the early days. Interestingly, um, overnight, Netflix, um, Netflix, uh, the share price, uh, because they've released the, the, the seen a drop in subscribers, dropped by 25%. So um, it's interesting that, it's that, that uh, Netflix at the moment is actually more volatile than, than Bitcoin. Exactly. So where do you see the future? What, what, what projects within DeFi do you think are just starting, you know, that they're at the seed level uh, or the cent level? price-wise that you think that potentially has got potential? Yeah, I think the golden era of DeFi originally was DeFi 2020, where like Uniswap and all the Ethereum projects really started to take off. And I think what we're seeing right now is a resurgence in that in Phantom. And when you look at Phantom, the market cap to total lock value ratio of that entire ecosystem is like 0 0.50. And in comparison, Ethereum is a 3.2. When you look at AVAX, Avalanche, it's like a I think it's like 1.9. So you look at Phantom, it holds almost as much as Solana. I think it's like 5 billion versus 6.4 billion. And you look at the market cap to total lock value ratio, Phantom is, and all the projects in it are is the most undervalued chain and has the most potential for growth. Also more volatility because it's smaller. And so when I look at that ecosystem right now, the projects that I really like that I think have a lot of legs are Tarot. I think Tarot is great because you can put your money into pools and you can also leverage those pools, which is a really neat concept. You just have to be careful on leverage because you can get liquidated probably more for the advanced user. I think Spooky Swap and Spirit Swap have a lot of legs. They're the two biggest DEXs on, on Phantom. They have great staking, great liquidity pools, great tokenomics and ideas. I think Liquid Driver is going to be a big project because it essentially allows new projects to drive their liquidity across the blockchain. Beethoven, because it's a balancer fork, I think provides a really unique service in the phantom ecosystem. It has the deck I, Dex idea, it has the index funds idea, and now it has the boosted pools concept, which in terms of the balancer boosted pools idea, it's incredible because what happens is you say you put US dollar coin into a pool and pair it with phantom. They're going to take both of those coins, a portion of them, and it's put them into your own finance. And so you're not only going to get yield off of Beethoven's yield, but you're going to get yield from what they put into Yearn. And now you're essentially earning a, a boosted yield because they've been able to boost it through other protocols. So I think that's what makes Beethoven really unique and, and really big for the future. And then the last one I think will really take off is Scream. Because Scream, I can put in all of my 
Ethereum. I can borrow against my Ethereum. And sometimes because of the rewards right now, I can net neutral. So I can essentially be paid to borrow. Uh, and, and so I think that's kind of where, D, where I think the golden era of DeFi is right now is in Phantom. I think Avalanche to a lesser extent, but I haven't seen anything like Phantom in a long time. It's interesting you mentioned AVAX. I mean, AVAX is coming on. Um, one that springs to mind on uh, on AVAX is Trader Joe. And uh, I, th- I think that's that's a, a real solid DEX uh, with some good good farms on there. And they're just bringing out subnets as we speak. And Cravada um, is one of the play-to-earn games on, on that. And they're responsible for over 25% of the transactions on Avalanche. So it's once they move that onto their own subnet, we should see the avalanche fees come down. I mean, obviously avalanche fees and nothing like um, ETH fees. Uh, but it, again, it's I do think there's a massive potential in uh, in um, in AVAX as well. I mean, I, I definitely agree with you. Phantom is undervalued. Uh, I, I think one of the reasons is, is they still undervalue it because uh, of its they're not quite as decentralized as as the other protocols but i don't think that's such a bad thing with what they're doing i don't, I don't think i don't think it should be uh marked down that much i think beats is revolutionary i, I think beats is going to be the one of the ones that does uh it's extremely well have you had any experience uh in in cosmos and the cross chain defi yeah that's a good question. I have, I've been a holder of Cosmos, Adam, for a long time, and I like their their ecosystem. I like the idea of it being sort of like a layer zero, similar to Dot. And honestly, from what I've seen in the Cosmos ecosystem, because it's very new, and I think there's a lot of opportunities to not only use their DeFi platform, but to earn significant amounts of money in their airdrops that are that come up. And, and I think the interesting thing about Cosmos is at this point, it appears that it's beating dot in, in the race to be this ultimate layer zero, this ultimate web three solution. But it does look like dots finally starting to pick up. So I really like Cosmos and I think there's a ton of potential in there. And I think the airdrop potential is going to be huge. I do as well. I think I think I think we're only just touching on the the surface of DeFi. There's I mean there's so much to Cosmos. And the other one that we've we've got to mention is the Terra Network. Terra networks uh, coming on massively. Yeah, Terra's, uh, the Terra network's incredible. You look at Anchor Protocol offering 20% on stable coins. They're now moving to a fluctuating model. The lowest it can go is 15. The highest, I think, is like 25. But what it provides is the opportunity to earn off of US Terra, which is their stable coin, and earn US Terra and get that 20%, which has been huge in getting that blockchain to really grow and, and become stable. And now... The Terra ecosystem is growing to the level to where they have a decentralized stablecoin backed by decentralized assets. And so it's the it's all, the only stablecoin in the top 10 that's not centralized. You look at US dollar coin, it has a centralized authority. US dollar tethered does as well. Binance US dollar. But US Terra is backed by essentially Luna and backed by Bitcoin and now backed by a bunch of AVAX they bought and, and they're going multi-chain. So you can see UST rewards in Phantom and AVAX all over the place. One of the real protocols I really like in AVAX, because Anchor Protocol is available in AVAX, is Yeti Finance, which just launched. I think they have like $750 million in total locked value in five days. 
but they're allowing you to borrow against your borrow your receipt from Terra. And they're also allowing you to take interest-free loans and use their liquidity pools from Curve. So I, I think Terra is really bringing about a whole new concept of what a decentralized stablecoin really is. And if decentralized, decentralization is important to you, then that's probably the place to really look. Have you come across on the Terra network um, an, an interesting one uh, uh, that we, uh, we've uh, invested in is uh, the Mirror protocol? Yes, I love I, I like Mirror because it essentially allows you to trade, trade synthetic assets and you can essentially trade the stock market through Mirror and not even have to be in the stock market. So you have this decentralized platform and protocol that allows you to trade these, these synthetic assets. And you can, you, you can use some of the stuff off of your UST even and use that to create like delta neutral strategies. Uh, and so I think Mirror is really neat. Mirror is similar to like synthetics. And even in the phantom, phantom ecosystem, there's one I really like that will probably be both of them, but it's super new. I think it has like a $65 million market cap. It's Deuce Finance. Uh, there's a lot of legs there. I, I originally got into Deuce when it was, I think it's, it might be called Dius. I'm not still not sure how to pronounce it, D-E-U-S. But I got into it when it was $40 a coin and that thing rocketed from $40 to $1,200. Wow, that's, uh, that's, that's cool as that. There's so much to it, isn't there? When you get into it, I mean, obviously, when you start doing, you know, you can do more sophisticated investment strategies like with the Mirror protocol. Have you come across Kajira? I have. Is that the the protocol that allows you to take part part in liquidations? Yeah, yeah. I think that's really neat because then you can buy people's liquidated assets for a discount. It is when when Luna started tanking. Um, uh, we what we did is we we were bidding on it, um, and we ended up getting uh, Luna for fifteen percent below the market value, and we were picking up Luna for about fifty dollars, which was really good at the time. And and now obviously Luna's uh, popped back up. I I think long, Luna's a very good uh, one to be in long term, um, but it's a good way of, especially when something's priced at a premium so to speak uh of acquiring an asset um a little bit cheaper because basically if you just say hey i'll i'll pay 15 percent below the market value then you know that you're potentially going to uh get uh, the coin at a decent price so we've covered quite a lot in such a short time yeah it's been uh, a good conversation it has it's been very uh very interesting if there was one coin that you think is going to do well in 2020 what would it be yeah one up and coming coin or one coin that's sort of safe and is a good to, surefire bet uh let's go with both one 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 of one that's a safe bet because obviously there's a lot of new listeners yeah so if my portfolio strategy for a, a crypto portfolio for the average investor is i like to put about 50 percent bitcoin into the portfolio and about 40 percent eth and then 10% of the top layer ones and maybe sprinkle in a few games. And so when I look at one that would be safe and that I think is going to do really well this year is Ethereum. Ethereum is launching their Ethereum 2. They've delayed it till August. But I think once they launch that, it not only allows Ethereum, which is now deflationary, but it allows gas fees to go down and congestion to go way down and should change the entire game. So I would expect Ethereum to have a really good year, at least by the end of the year. And then if I was looking at a coin that's a little bit smaller, 
but not so volatile that you can get wrecked. I honestly think, I think Phantom is the most under, undervalued coin in terms of all the layer ones right now. It sits at, I think the market cap's like $2 billion and it holds as much value as Solana, which has a market cap of 35 billion. And so if Phantom can get legs and continue and can actually move up, which is dependent on Bitcoin actually surviving and moving up, I think it puts us in an environment where we can see that thing go from so like a dollar fifteen now up to five, six, seven dollars by the end of the year. It's an interesting one. It is. I, I do I do definitely think Phantom's got some uh got some legs. And I, I think it, it's one that it, for the listeners, obviously at the moment it is being, you know, it's it's underperformed compared to the rest of the market. But those are the ones that you want to be getting into. You don't want to be buying at the top of the market. And a lot of people always want to to do that. They think, oh, it's great. I've seen it. It's at the top of the mountain. And the mountain's uh, going to get even higher, right? It's going to be Mount Everest. There's only one Mount Everest in the world. So uh, you, you're a lot safer going into, say, for instance, Phantom, uh, rather than something that has, that's pumped. Personally, I do think Eve's going to do well. Um, I, I'd, I'd be nice to see Eve... Um, uh happen in june don't think it will obviously the same august now i mean for us we're miners and obviously you know we mine if um but for us i i think there'll be um some a little bit of change in the in the community uh within mining and i do think uh we may go through a little bit of a a stabilization period but i think for us long term that's a better better thing than having the uncertainties is Eve going to go to Eve 2 in June? Is it going to go in August? Is it going to be November? Is it going to be February? Um, and I think also then, obviously, it lays the groundwork for, for sharding, which will then make a big uh, a big improvement to the Eve network. Um, I, I definitely think that uh, there's a massive future for, for, for Eve. The one that I'm... I'm I, I like, um, and it's web-free, it's contended to AWS. We mine it ourselves. We, we, you know, we develop the computer nodes as well, is Flux. Um, I think Flux has got the potential to 10x from where it is now. Uh, it, um, to give you an idea, they host websites. So they're in competition uh, with uh, AWS, but they, uh, their hosted websites obviously include web-free wallets because it's all web-free, so it's all fully integrated. And the, the, the hosting fees are from like 14 cents a month. It's ridiculously low. Um, obviously, Amazon is considerably higher. And, and obviously, it's not decentralized. So that's, that's the kind we like. So... And we're one of these that, you know, we, we, we're in it ourselves as well. So it's not something, you know, we, we say this is a long-term, long-term investment for us. It's not a, a get-rich-quick scheme. We're not going to be millionaires overnight. Is it a good coin to be in? Has it got good, good tokenomics? Has it got a good future? Can it actually hold its own? Is it generating income? As a coin, the answer is yes to all them. So I think we've uh, we've pretty much covered uh, quite 
quite a lot of aspects of uh, DeFi, which is cracking. It shows quite a lot of alpha in there for the for the viewers. And what's the best way for people to get hold of you? Yeah, that's a good question. If you want to learn about my strategies and ideas, you can get the simple three-step strategy that I use to maximize and pick the best coins and earn 40 to 100% profit off of my returns. I call it the simple three-step strategy, how I turn $250 into 50K. You just go to crypto.cultureofcare.life. That's crypto.cultureofcare.life. If you want more information about me and what I'm doing, just subscribe to my YouTube channel. I go live one, twice a week. I want talk about the overall market structure and DeFi. Just go to youtube.com forward slash Chandler Walker, SAF. And then we have a, a private messenger chat as well that is available once you opt into the, the crypto.cultureofcare.life. Awesome. Now we will put all that in the show, show, uh, show notes as well. So that it's, for our viewers, you can easily get a hold of Chandler. I do uh, urge that you do do that. It's, uh, there's so much alpha here. It, there's, not, there's no way you can take this in in just one uh, 20, 30-minute uh, podcast session. Uh, it, the best way is, uh, is to find out more is, is obviously to, to go to the YouTube channel. And that, uh, that brings us to the end of the, uh, the podcast. I'd like to thank you for coming on, Chandler. It's been uh, great. It's been fantastic. We've, we've, you've learned so much today. Um, so much alpha there. And it, it's good to get someone on that's, that knows their stuff uh, and that believes in crypto and also is, is not you know, pumping the Ponzi schemes, uh, which we try to avoid profusely. So, because uh, obviously there's so much gold out there in crypto, but Obviously, unfortunately, to get gold and to mine gold, you have to go through a lot of dirt and soil uh, that is uh, worthless. It's the best way of putting it. Thank you very much. And I'd say let's get you on in a few months' time to see how we're getting on uh, with these uh, with these DeFi projects, Chandler. Yeah, let's do it. Happy to jump on and, and happy to come on again and give some value to everybody and kind of try to make the DeFi market more simple or simpler so people can get into it and really experience the amount of wealth you can earn from this kind of stuff in a safe way or a safe-ish way, as safe as we can make it. This is it. I mean, just just the, the thing is, is you, with crypto, you can make it as easy, as hard as you want. Little steps to start with. Uh, you can start in DeFi slowly and, and build from it. And obviously, before you know it, you'll be... We'll have a lot of DeFi listeners that are DeFi kings and queens. Cool. Well, no worries. Right, until next time, Chandler. It's been fun. It's been real and real fun. Thanks for having me on. Thank you for joining me today and listening to this episode. As I've gone on my crypto journey myself over the last couple of years, I'm all too aware of the overwhelming amount of information available online when it comes to investing in crypto. So thank you for choosing the Easy Crypto Podcast. It means a lot to me. Hopefully what I've shared today will help you on your investing journey, just like it did me. There's no reason why you can't go and make use of what you've learned today straight away. I'm living proof that these secrets and strategies I've shared with you do work. Please, by all means, feel free to share this with someone else you know who could benefit from it. 
That's the quickest way that we can build a collaborative community where we can share tricks and strategies which can turn our crypto investments into big profits. In the meantime, make sure that you subscribe to the podcast so that you never miss the latest tricks which could transform your crypto future. Every week we'll be covering a different aspect of crypto investment so whether it's NFTs, mining or the metaverse, you really can't afford to miss out. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm Christopher Hitchin and this is the Easy Crypto Podcast and I'll see you next time.